0: You're listening to the Brilliant Breakthrough Podcast, episode number four, with Maggie Moggin. What is going on, small business owners? I'm your host, Jake Naraki. You're listening to the Brilliant Breakthrough Podcast for the small business owner. Now, if this is your first time listening... Yeah, right on. We appreciate you very much. Hopefully, the value information you hear today can help you and your small business succeed in the 21st century. Now, this podcast in particular goes hand-in-hand hand with a book that is going to be released November 8th of 2017. That book is called Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner, Fresh Perspectives and Profitability, People, Productivity, and Finding Peace in Your Business. Now, so far in this podcast series, we have... Really defined and talked about profitability. We're in that first pillar, and to round out that first pillar, we are continuing our interview series with Maggie Magen. And Maggie is not has not only worked with small businesses for over a decade, but she is the individual. She is the momentum behind this amazing project, Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner. She is the creator of the book, and she searched throughout the United States to bring together numerous co-authors. Um, That are called in her world brilliant, practicing. Experts, and you're thinking to yourself, What is a brilliant practicing expert? Well, fortunately for you, Maggie is going to define that in our first part of the interview. Now, you're thinking to yourself, Whoa, whoa, whoa." first part of the interview? Yes, the good part is about this interview it's awesome, it's amazing, it's full of great gems to help you, but the bad part is it's a little long. So, I decided um, to chop it into two and to split it up. The reasoning for that is because, look, it, it, uh, information overload is not going to help anybody. It really needs to be layered in a way that it can benefit you because I know right now you're commuting. Right now you're working out. Right now you're, you're cutting the grass, doing the laundry. You're maybe in your business right now doing bookkeeping work. Hopefully you're not um, mistyping any uh, numbers that could alter your, your profits for the month. But I know who you are. Because I'm a small business owner too, and if we listen to way too long of a conversation, chances are you're not going to implement anything because you just want the information or the the interview to get over with. So with that being said, I broke it into two parts. Part number one, really defining kind of the outline of the book and, of course, talking about Maggie and the issues that, that all small business owners have to deal with. And then part two is really geared and based on Maggie's four pillars, which are profitability, people, productivity and peace and so that will be part number two now before we get into the interview I want to share with you a couple things number one a great way to connect with us um, as in us I'm also a co um, I was gonna say co-founder I should just say a co-author um, in the book and my chapters on podcasting hence I am hosting the show but if you want to get to know us the either myself or the people that come on the show Head on over to your app store and download our free application. It works for iTunes or Android. All you have to do is type in Brilliant Biz. Book and make sure they're all capital Bs, Brilliant Biz Book. It's free, it gives a description of who we are, what we're about, there's pictures to the names so you get to understand who we are personally. And of course, a great part is you can reach out to us anytime you want. And the second thing is, if you wanna get yourself 100 tips to help your small business succeed this year in 2017, head on over to our bit.ly link, B-I-T period L-Y forward slash Brilliant Biz Book. B-I-T period L-Y forward slash Brilliant Biz Book. But the key here is, is that you have to use capital B's for Brilliant Biz Book. Capital B's will direct you to the right place. So with that being said, let's dive into our interview. Part one with Maggie. Hey guys, welcome back. Today we have on Maggie. She is the creator of the Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner book. But luckily and fortunately, she has also written an amazing chapter that is provided within this amazing, I guess we'll call it like the business bible. It's called Simplifying Small Business Success in the 21st Century. First of all, Maggie, thank you again for coming on for part two and then diving a little bit deeper into your tactics on helping the small business owner thrive in the 21st century.
1: Oh, well, thanks for having me back. And I, I look forward to sharing some pearls that will be able to help everyone out.
0: For sure. So obviously, the big thing is, is there may be people that are diving into this pool, this amazing podcast, <laughs> of course, amazing. Um <laughs> Uh, But there's a lot of people that maybe did not hear who you are, what you're about, and and the theory behind this book. But obviously, over the last uh, multiple years, 15 years, you've been doing, uh, you know, you've involved both corporate and small businesses. I guess take us through the journey of where you are today. Um, Of course, you could probably (laughs) expand on this over hours. But uh, give give everybody just a taste, a flavor of who you are, what you're about, and, and why I, uh, you are qualified to write this chapter.
1: Okay, um, that is interesting. I have a really nice background in leadership and management of nonprofit and profitable businesses, and I've been blessed to work in many different industries over the years. And in the mid '90s, I joined a recruiting firm, one of the well, the best in the nation, actually, and was one of their top performers, which was really cool because that's where I learned how to be a change agent. And the reason I learned how to be a change agent there was because I was recruiting change agents for companies. So I got to hang out with these really cool folks and learn what they are all about. And I realized I was hanging out with me Hmm. and, and that was neat because I didn't know I was a change agent up until that point. As I look back now and say, oh, yeah, you know, Girl Scout leadership, church leadership, all sorts of stuff. I see it, but I didn't know it then. And I've been really honored to work with change agents and vetted them for about a decade. And that led me to some really other cool things like um, being a a CEO for a tech startup company, even though that was short-lived as (laughs) – tech startup usually is. Um, <laughs> and we all know those stories, right? Oh, yeah. Um, but that was really cool. And I I learned a lot there as well. And I realized that I had quite a bit to offer the marketplace. And when I left recruiting in 2003 or four, whatever it was, um, I had already been dabbling in serving people through my own business, Brilliant Breakthroughs. And um, what I found out was there is a huge need for small business owners because small business owners weren't being addressed in the marketplace. If they were to receive any training, it was corporate training that they were getting. But most of that didn't apply to them because they didn't have a bureaucracy. They didn't have hundreds or thousands of people. And there was a real disconnect there. And I remember the day that I left, my boss came up to me, and he said, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to take this to small business, and I'm going to offer the same wisdom that the big guys get, but make it practical and tactical for small businesses and do it at a fraction of the cost. Yeah, cool. Cool. And that's the game I've been playing ever since. And I've been honored to write some really great articles, like a thousand articles and uh, been published in professional journals and even spoke at a global conference. Educating, you're going to love this, Jake, educating the people who write textbooks as to (laughs) how to improve business and leadership performance. That was like the coolest thing on the planet. Talk about impact, right?
0: Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, two things you said there. Number one, uh, like you said, you know, your journey of of growing up and just the tools and the ideas and the things that you have experienced obviously allowed you to be who you are today. And uh, I think it is Steve Jobs who gave a great commencement speech. Um, I, I think it was to Stanford or or you know Ivy League college, and basically stating that when you look back, you can see the dots connecting. But as you look. Forward, you can't see your path, uh, but only until you reflect, and and that's a great reminder to all of us is that we all have come from such an amazing past that has led us to where we are right now. Either for the audience that they're starting, and this is one of the first things that they're learning about, or they're already developed in their own personal business. Um, and uh, and the one thing that I want you to highlight personally, because I, you know, it's tough to kind of uh, pound your own chest and kind of raise your own hand, but. Give a little bit of background on your experience of your your blog. Your blog is is in the top man what a couple of percent um, in the world of active blogs out there. And how many blogs you have? I think it's just impressive, just straight up. So so feel free to stand on your soapbox and and proudly uh, profess uh, w- what your blog is and what it has done for you.
1: Oh that's way cool. And and thank you. Because it it is something that I didn't realize is quite an accomplishment because I was just doing it. Somebody said do it, I said okay, and then somebody <laughs> else challenged me and I said okay. I guess I'm a little competitive I've learned. And <laughs> and I I just kept doing it and here, I'll, I'll give the skinny on blogging for a minute, because I think you're setting me up to do that, right?
0: Yeah, sure, I guess. I guess naturally it just kind of <laughs> woven its way into that conversation. Yeah, but go on. Sorry.
1: <laughs> okay, no problem. Okay, so here's the deal. My my blog, and I it's just pretty cool to say that my blog is in the top half consistently yeah. of the top 1% of all on my site is, the top half. Of top one percent of all sites on the planet, and I contribute that purely to me blogging.
0: Congratulations! Uh, that's a, that's a congratulations right there. That's impressive. That is really impressive. The chaos of online to to have that as your uh, as your stat. That's pretty impressive. Go on. Sorry.
1: Well, it it is, and I didn't realize it until like uh, about the last year and a half when everybody kept just you know giving me the wow. and um I, i started to sit with that and and start inquiring with other people and i guess it is quite unique and one of the things that i have done over the years is i've kept my website itself very basic matter of fact an older version because i want to validate that you don't need to have all the bells and whistles and you don't have to have everything perfect you just need to have great content and that's what this blog continues to prove. And the blog is designed for small business owners. And it's all about strategies and tactics in a simplified manner that they can walk away from each post with essentially a coaching session and be able to apply things to their business. Even if I do a business movie review, which is something that I probably started, I don't know, a couple of years after I had my blog going, got a little bored and needed to mix it up a little bit. And I was watching movies. and I'm like, there's some really good strategies in here that can be applied to business. So I've had fun developing that. I have movies from like uh, Monsters, Inc. The opening scene is an excellent business strategy to, um, I don't know gangster movies. I usually keep everything family rated, but once in a while, they're not. And I always let folks know if they're not. But I've had a lot of fun doing it. And I know that it serves well. And that's what matters to me is that it's out there serving small businesses and giving them what they need.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Again, congratulations. Um, And it shows that if you put the time in, you can reap the reward. And that has obviously... Given you the confidence, the, the springboard, the idea to obviously create this book. And it was all thought and manifested by you. Again, congrats on that. And um, you brought together amazing individuals to kind of fill this book with absolutely tactical advice that a small business owner can use uh, to achieve whatever it is that they're looking for, exposure or greatness or profits um, in their own personal business. So enough cheerleading for you and your blog. <laughs> yeah, I can anymore. I know, I know. I know you're blushing over there. I know you're blushing over there. I am. I yeah. am. <laughs> um, well, thank you for, for pulling that out. Because, you know, it's, it's weird. It's like in our psyche not to – you know, to, to raise our own flag, you know, and to, to say, you know, Hey man, I, I really, you know, bust my hump and and I'm very proud of this because again, you know, people don't like other individuals that are over the top or arrogant and all that stuff. And which is unfortunate, but again, we, we understand that because if you are in the growth mindset or helping other people, um, the last person that you want to talk to is somebody that has been an overachiever when you haven't achieved anything yet. And so, uh, it's quite the yin and the yang, but anyway, let's get into your chapter. So simplifying small business success for the 21st century you really open up and kind of identify two things that have allowed small businesses to thrive especially today and the two are technological innovations and social media and it allows us to scale our business um What's, when you're working with small business owners and, and the, the theory behind this kind of opening, it obviously allows a lot of us uh, with small businesses or big businesses to enter into the world and to hang our shingle in a positive manner and get exposure right away. When you wrote this for the first time, what kind of impact were you thinking that could, it could make on the small business owner when they read this opening paragraph?
1: Well, I wanted it to make a a really favorable impression that anything is possible because we have so many tools today that weren't there 20 years ago. And if we figure out how to balance them for whatever our purpose is, we can rock it out. So that was my thought. And I and um you well know I don't mince words. I love having fun. But when it comes to business, I'm pretty straightforward and, and you know, well, two by four somebody if they need it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, <So. laughs> for, for sure, for sure. What um, the tech, I mean, I guess it's, it's kind of a, I guess, a step away question. But technology, um, you know, from connecting, you know, to email, I mean, all these different programs that are out there to social media. Obviously, they're one of the same. Um, but in today's world, you know, there's so much distraction. Where, where should the small business owner be focused in on? You know, is it the technology of learning it, of growing it, and implementing it? Or should it be the continuous daily battle and grind of going on social media, you know, connecting with new people? Where, where do you feel we should be weighing in at? And, and do you think that it, it's a continuous juggling act?
1: Well, uh, very clearly in the chapter, I address that there is a difference in productivity and relationship building than what a lot of us are assuming. Today on social media, what I see a lot of small business owners do is get caught up in getting sucked into their social media and watching stupid things that they shouldn't be watching when they believe they're doing business and they're not doing business. And, you know, of course, I'm referencing cat videos. Okay, (laughs) I've never seen one, but I keep hearing about (laughs) it.
0: Yeah, I know. That's that seems to be the go to uh, keyword when it's a distraction in YouTube cat videos, for sure.
1: Okay, but but there's a lot of busyness happening in the small business owners arena because we do have this animal called social media, which is great. If we learn how to make it work for us instead of us being enslaved to it and in um, the chapter and the productivity section, I discuss that a little more as well as people, and relationship building. Okay. So I don't know if you want me to go no, into that. No, no, no. We'll,
0: we'll, we'll save that. We'll save that. Okay. Um, yeah, right, I, cool. I appreciate you just kind of teeing it up here, and we'll, we'll touch on that in a little bit. But uh, the one thing that you say that there's a great competitive advantage between a small business uh, versus corporate, and what is that, and why does it apply to small businesses?
1: It's about agility, and agility can come in a couple different flavors. We could call it flexibility, but at the end of the day, it provides freedom. And that very freedom is the competitive advantage that small business owners have. Now, that's the business owner. We have the freedom to do what we want whenever we want, calendar out our day or night or weekend, whenever we want to work. However, if we're not mindful of our business, that agility, that freedom becomes our albatross to the business's performance. Because we get too lax with it. And the other thing is, all of a sudden, instead of working um, a condensed work week that's very powerful, we just tend to spread it out over the whole week and end up always working. And that's not good for business performance or our own performance.
0: True. Um, the one thing that is great about the introduction here, kind of the the first kind of uh, momentum starters of your chapter in particular, is that you give a lot of facts in the small business world. A lot of them are really good, but I think there's one powerful sentence that I just want to bring up. Uh, it's the myth that 50% of all businesses don't survive past the first year. And and obviously, it depends on what industry you're in, right? Uh, like the restaurant or bar industry is always very competitive and tough to to really kind of get the traction going but from your experience do a lot of people when they when they talk to you for the first time are like you know Maggie I got this amazing idea for a business but I'm afraid it's not going to last but I don't think it has the legs to last past a year or 5 years or anything like that is that truly a, a limiting belief that people have and and do they bring it up to you
1: yes and yes um, there, I see it all the time and it's still coming from my peers out there in industry that, you know, 50% of businesses fail the first year. No, it's not. The small business administration has the stats and their stats are from year 2004 to 2014. That's the latest numbers. Um, 78 and a half, seven, 8.5% of new establishments survive beyond one year. Now, that's phenomenal. So if anyone's listening to this right now and they've made it through their first year, get up and do that happy dance. You know, shake it up because you're rocking it. Come on, Jake, stand up, <laughs> <shake> it
0: up. <laughs> I, I am. I, I'm, I'm swaying my hips right now as we, we speak in, in celebration. Well, it's hard. You know, it's really hard to... Um to have that feeling going in. I mean, obviously the individuals are listening. They're either on the fence or they're playing in the game. And if you're playing the game, you're not thinking, oh man, you know, I got two months until my one year anniversary. You know, I can't call it quits. Or maybe some people are. And as you and I both know, that personal development is a key kind of performance attribute of helping a small business owner um, thrive uh, mentally. Because as we know, the majority of this stuff is mental. Putting yourself out, out online, starting the business. Networking, uh, contacting people, cold calling, that is all truly internal battles that we face. Would you agree?
1: Completely. Completely. Last year, um, at the end of the year, I was working with a new client and she had said to me, I got one year to make this work. What do I need to do? And I loved working with her because as I guided her, she delivered. And she stayed with it, and she stayed with it. And did I say she stayed with it? (laughs) (laughs) And within four months, I think at the three, oh, shoot, I can't remember anymore. She had over a 500% improvement in her revenue. Wow. Yeah. And I said to her, so what do you think now? And she said, I think. I think I'm starting to understand a little bit about how to play this game. And she knew that there was more to learn and it had to do with practice. And I think that's the one thing that we uh, tend to overlook when we're starting something is the power of practice and experimenting. Hmm.
0: That's what I got. Okay. Yeah. It's uh Obviously having that type of growth is amazing and obviously having that type of ability to uh know that you have a limited time to make this work um is obviously puts the pressure on you. You know, then you don't have time to be watching the cat videos and we'll get into all that stuff in a little bit, but it forces your mind in a different direction as opposed to I'm in it for the long haul and so eh, you know what I can I can start tomorrow, or I can start next week, or, or the delay syndrome. And as somebody once said, you know, if you could, would you live forever? And some people say, yes, I wish I could live forever. And then the gentleman that followed up said, well, if you could live it for, live forever, then then you're just always going to put off... The, the achievement or the progress until tomorrow because there's no end. There is no there is no finish line. There you're just gonna keep living. So why force yourself to do the things that are difficult or hard or challenging when you know that you have tomorrow guaranteed. And so, you know, depending on the yin and the yang, you'll you'll determine what is your personal uh, you know, energizer pill or thing that pushes you outside of your comfort zone. The one thing that you say right that is going on right now in this country is that there is an entrepreneur epidemic. What is it, how do we face it, and how do we get past it?
1: Okay, yeah, there is. And it's very fascinating because it comes at a time where we're having an entrepreneur explosion since uh, the Great Recession in 2008. So what has happened is this wonderful explosion has created a bunch of people who are entrepreneurs and they're lackadaisical. Is that a nice way to say that? Totally.
0: Yeah, that is. (laughs) I agree.
1: Yeah. And um, the, the epidemic that we are experiencing, I call it the entrepreneurial plight, is that we're not showing up the way we need to show up for our business. And that's a real shame because we're the ones who created our business. So it's like our baby. It's a reflection of us. And we're neglecting it. If we don't take time to slow down and take care of our business, why are we even in business? We should go work for someone else because it would be much easier to go do a task and collect a paycheck. Much easier. But there's this plight going on, this this epidemic in our country, and it's about small business owners romanticizing business ownership. And when I talk about romanticizing business ownership, you know, we've all run across these people. They're the people that they're the lovers of going to networking events and having lunches and scheduling coffees all the time or even doing a dinner. And they love telling everybody that they're business owners. Now, that sounds like what we should all be doing, right? Totally. hundred percent. Yeah. Ah, but here's the difference. Because that is what we should be doing, plus a whole bunch of other stuff. But the the romanticizers of small business are the ones who complain about the financial investing they have to do with their business. For their business performance, as well as their professional development as a business owner to understand what's going on. And they tend to gripe about how busy they are. They're always busy, busy, busy. And, how, and they gripe about how they have to learn new things to grow their business. And, and if that's not a kicker enough, you're ready for the next thing that they do? Late on us. They always complain that they don't have enough customers' time and money. Sound familiar?
0: Totally, 100%. Okay,
1: so we've all run across these folks. They have a love-hate relationship with their business, and they may not even be realizing that they're the ones who are glamorizing small business. And, you know, they're all about business to be in the feel-good. They loathe the work that they have to do, and they're out there. Oftentimes they don't even have a registered business, you know, a legal entity that they pay taxes on. That's okay. Some do, some don't. But the problem is they get so caught up in romanticizing it and loathing the work that they have to do that they think that the business has failed when in reality it's they who have failed their own business. Hmm. And that's a hard one. I see it all the time. And after you, you're aware that there's people that move like that. You'll see it really quickly, and you'll know how to identify it. It's everywhere, and it's a shame because it doesn't need to be that way.
0: Yeah, yeah. It just, do you mind taking, I guess, pulling back the curtain a little bit and. When somebody comes to you and says, "Maggie, love you know, love what you're doing. You know, I feel that you know your your personality, your ideas, your your tools and tactics can really benefit and help my business. Let's dive into a deeper conversation about my business." And you're like, "Yeah, sure." You, you sit down with them and you realize they're that type of person that is just would rather wear the shirt that says I am an entrepreneur instead of, you know, being at home grinding away and, and taking action and, you know, connecting and, and, you know, making customers and all that different types of stuff. Is that a real culture shock? Is that a real like shell shock for people or are people like, you know what, you're right. I'm playing it on the wrong side of the fence. I need to get serious. Or are they defensive? You know, I'm just curious because there may be people that are listening that are in denial, you know, of like, well, no, my business is doing okay. I'm collecting a couple hundred dollars a month. You know, I'm able to wear the shirt of entrepreneur and small business owner and all that stuff. But I'm just curious, how are those true conversations that happen in the business world?
1: Um, Well, I tell them, I've, Okay. So there's a lot of misconception as to what small business ownership is. And everybody has this entrepreneurial bug. And I love the entrepreneurial spirit. I I am that. Okay, so I get that. However, the difference is moving beyond the spirit and buckling down and being seriously committed to do the work that you need to do. And when I start having a conversation with people, it becomes very clear to them me and them where they are because i explain you know here's here is somebody who's romanticizing about business and here's somebody who's doing it where do you fit into that and they can identify immediately and i let them know if they're into romanticizing and they want to putz and tinker with their business in a light way i'm not the right person for them but if they want to go ahead and really roll up their sleeves and push themselves through to get the results that they want to the destination they believe their business can be and how it can improve their life, well, then we continue to have a conversation. But it becomes really clear. There's there's a path to success. There's a sequence and it's not pretty. There's some ugliness to it because it pushes us Beyond our own comfort zones, all the time. So, if you're a small business owner and you're you're in um, a place of a feel good, you might not be living into the potential that your business has to offer yet. Hmm.
0: Yeah, thanks for uh, bringing that up. It's, it's just a realization that I know you and I had the conversation a couple of times and you, you pointed me, you, you made me see things in a different light than I, other would, I would have noticed um, and you gave me a different perspective and sometimes you get caught up in our own you know, a path of progress, of achievement and, and, you know, just continuous working. And sometimes it takes a different perspective for us to kind of wake up and go, Oh my gosh. Wow. I really missed the boat or, or what have you in my business. So, um, the great thing about you, obviously you have the experience. You've been writing about this. You've been discussing it. You've been teaching other people about small businesses and how to create extra performance and to get through the, the trials and the triumphs you have kind of boiled down that there's really four key performance pillars that are needed. Do you mind just summarizing or just touching on each one, and then we'll dive a little bit deeper into each one that can relate to the small business owner that is listening right now?
1: Oh, absolutely. And there is a visual in the introduction of the book. So um, when you get the book, whether it's the ebook or the paperback, you'll be able to get a better grip on this. But for now, performance pillar number one is profitability. If you don't have money, you can't serve people. That's the short story. Um, number two performance pillar is people, people, people. Without people, your business will perish. People, even if you're business to business, people are the ones who make purchasing decisions. And there's a whole team of people. I guess we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yep. The third performance pillar is productivity. And it gets a pretty bad rap. And I have a different way of approaching productivity. And then the fourth one is peace. And this always surprises me because when I I say the fourth performance pillar is peace, everybody sighs. And (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like, it is possible. I promise you, it is very, very possible. However, what amazes me is that's the one thing every human strives to have to achieve is peace and yet we don't even put that in our business equation <laughs> so my clients and i do <laughs> that's where we differ <laughs> for sure for
0: sure Thanks again to Maggie for coming on the show. And like I said, this was just part one. At the end there, she kind of gave a quick intro into what to expect for the podcast on Wednesday. But that is all we have for today. So with that being said, I appreciate you guys heading over to your application. Get yourself our free app, Brilliant Biz Book, all capital Bs. And if you want yourself 100 free tips to help your small business thrive in 2017 and beyond, head on over to our bit.ly link, B-I-T period L-Y forward slash Brilliant Biz Book with all capital Bs. Make sure you use capital Bs for sure. So with that being said, I appreciate you guys for taking time out of your small business, out of your lives to learn great things to help you thrive. And with that being said, we will catch you on Wednesday for another great episode of Brilliant Breakthrough Podcast. Until then, go out there in the world and do something brilliant. We'll see ya.